think about like the last couple of years, like where we're all having very similar challenges and some things that are going to be different, but um, being able to lean on each other, it's not an exclusive space. It's not no. like, hey, I'm doing this over right. here and, you know, I don't want to tell you the success yes. I'm having. The, the, that network is not like that at all. So I love cool. that you guys are doing this. This is William Tinkup, Ryan Leary. You are listening to The Practitioner's Corner. Today we have Trisha Shields on, and uh, we're going to be learning about her journey. Trisha, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Do us a favor and introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah. um, I'm Trisha Shields, as you mentioned. I'm the Chief Human Resources Officer at Navian. Um, I've been with this organization for uh, just over 15 years now, so it's really been kind of the capstone of my career um, at this organization. I did start um, out of college with a commercial general contractor. So I have gotten an opportunity to kind of see HR from a different um, lens. Um, Navient is working in the consulting services space in technology. So those two industries are absolutely different. So that's been um, kind of a neat aspect um, of, of my role and just kind of the evolution of my career and the type of HR that I'm doing. I do always like to share that um, my degree is actually in business technology, which has absolutely served me really well. Um, but I kind of grew into HR. This was not my focus when I got out of college. I didn't think I was going to go into HR. So um, it's been neat to be what I always say is more of a non-traditional HR professional and just really get to experience the HR profession through that lens. So wh- why don't we start there? How did you just fall in? I think that's this is a story for most HR and recruiting folk. Yeah. How, how did you – well, two, two things take a – one, how did you fall into HR? But mm-hmm. two, how did you stay at a company for 15 years? That's, yeah. Not very normal today. Tell us about this. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the first question is um, I've always had, I've, I've always kind of believed in just this genuine approach to life, both personally and professionally, and just um, leaning into who I am as a unique individual. And one of the things that is absolutely a driver for me is connecting with other people in a really genuine way. And so out of college, I pursued more like office management type roles uh, where I got to kind of flex like my administration facilitation skill set and definitely connecting with other individuals. And in that initial role that I had, um, I did HR because a lot of small companies, you know, your office manager is doing everything. And so that was really my first initial step into it. and it kind of grew from there. Um, as far as my 15 years at Navian, it's really probably more driven by who Navian is as an organization. I mean, they're a growth company. So being able to continuously leverage growth throughout my time at Navian has been a driver of staying here as long as I have. So when I first started at Navian, I was actually their executive assistant because that was really transferable from the role that I was at now or was at previously. Um, And then, I mean, it's been amazing. Like I literally went from their executive assistant. They started giving me more responsibility. And as I was kind of elevating the game, Navient was elevating the game right along with me. And 
you know, as of very recently found myself in our CHRO role, which has been phenomenal. So usually this is a question we ask it towards the end, but it's, uh, it's something I want to know now. It's like, if you could yeah. go back and give yourself advice when you first came in yeah. from Navient, like what, what would you, what's the scroll of things that you tell yourself to do and not do, et cetera? Yeah. I, it's probably around the confidence piece and just, um, you know, as we get older and further into our career, I feel like, you know, we do kind of gain, I'm sure you guys can appreciate this as well, but we just gain a level of confidence about what we're doing. I'm sure some of that is, you know, around experience. It's also the people that are around you. When you first get out of college, it just feels like maybe people don't take you all that seriously. Maybe your ideas and insights don't matter. Um, And then all of a sudden that shifts. I remember that actually being kind of an odd shift when that happened. Like, oh, am I that far into my career that now somebody thinks that I'm wise. Exactly. taking me seriously. (laughs) Right. Um, So I would say that just being more confident. And I actually see that in the generations now that are coming in to Mm. the career, you know, space is the level of confidence with those folks is unbelievable. And I wish I had that really early on. So the, the accent, do we say you're from Wisconsin? Do we get there yet? Mm, (laughs) I don't think we have. We did. We did. We did now. Yeah. Tag you're in the the, the accent. I know. Wisconsin. Let's talk about that for a moment. How did you end up? I know. Are you from Wisconsin? Did you yeah. end up in Wisconsin? I even feel like we're saying Wisconsin different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like we, we were on the other day with someone said France. And then I said France. And I said, Ooh. no, no, no. It's France. Yeah. They yeah. said, oh, it's France. <laughs> what are you doing here? We yeah. even say that like about Navient. I mean, we have 125 employees at Navient. They're all across the nation. So Texas, um, Pennsylvania, kind of um, we're in 28 states now. But the ways that they say Navient, so the company that we all work for is really different. Yeah. Um, I am known at Navient for having the strongest youper accent. So Youpers ah. um, being in North, the UP of yep. Michigan, and I'm about 40 miles from um, Northern Michigan, but I'm from Madison originally. Yep. So from Southern Wisconsin. Yep. And um, I think I'm one of those people that like picks up accents wherever I go. So now that I've moved <laughs> to this area, I have a really strong. I can't unhear it now. There's time. a comedian that <laughs> right? has this bit, there's, there's this, this, this bit that, you start talking like the person is talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. So you start like as they, the more they talk, the more you start kind of dialing into how they yeah. talk. I'm like, and it's a funny bit. I do yeah. that walking. You ever, I don't know if you do, if you, when I'm on the treadmill at the gym, which oh. I absolutely hate the person who's directly in front of me. I have right. to take notice before I get on. Oh, I got to go to I, their pace and their, their walk, their oh, like walk. Their yeah, quirkiness. their yeah, movement. Like I, I start following it. It's so weird. <laughs> if, t- if someone's watching this without the audio, they're just going to see me do this, which is <laughs> awkward, but whatever. Turn the audio on and hear this. So stuff. if they're really cooking it and running super fast, all he's of a sudden you're off. having a more intense yeah, yeah, workout yeah. that but day. There, there is a guy, he's got, he has a limp and he, he walks normal. And then like every fifth one, he goes like this and he goes like this. I'm like, Huh. And I find myself doing a bit. Trying to do it. It's so you bad. Go, you come home and your wife's like, what are you doing? You don't yeah. do it. Like, oh, you have a limp. I just limped for 45 minutes. Leave me alone. Well, the UP, 
in the summer is gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. We'll, we'll stop. It is, it is, it's a miracle. It's beautiful. Yeah. We say that we survive our winter because of our, and really our other three seasons there. It's unbelievable here. You know, we live right, right off of Lake Superior and um, just the natural resources that are in this area are unbelievable. Yeah. It's and this great. is the minus 65 degrees you were telling no, us? It's, it's, it's not that bad. Come on. It can it's only get that, that bad. It can get that bad. It can get that bad. <laughs> it can get that bad. So like tomorrow's you... eight. So think about that. Like, you know, it's does it ever get to eight in Texas? <laughs> exactly. It, no, no. People would freak out if you got to. If people literally, they'd freak out. Yeah. Um, where are you drawing inspiration these days? Like every once in a while, your well runs a little dry. Yeah. Uh, is is it reading? Is it podcasts? Is it talking with other peers? Is it <laughs> vacations? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe some of that. I would yeah. say um, for me, it's probably LinkedIn is huge. Like I just love the LinkedIn community and the way that that platform has really brought so many of us together. Um, you know, specifically HR professionals. I'm really, I really enjoy the HR tech space. Um, so it's given me an opportunity to connect with other people that enjoy that space and have probably way more knowledge than me about that space. Um, so I love LinkedIn. The other thing is just peer groups. Like I'm finding a ton of opportunities to network with other HR professionals across the nation. And and it is inspiring. Like it's it's just, you know, it may be part of that's being like a non-traditional HR person, but it's just inspiring to talk to other people and and hear their point of view and, and just get that genuine people approach to, you know, how they tackle their work. Um, so I would, I would say that. Quick follow up, Ryan. Uh, are you a LinkedIn? Are you a lurker, a voyeur? Or are you in there in the mix doing commenting it? and doing the bit? I'm doing it. I thought it okay. was a question for Ryan, but I'm, no. I, I I'm in it. Oh. I was like, oh, should I answer that? I don't know. No, you should. You should. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, are you in it or are you a lurker? I'm, I'll be I'm, the I'm, HR professional <laughs> interviewing you guys. He's definitely a lurker. I'm Is definitely he? a lurker. Yeah. I, you know what? It's, I've, I've been quiet on LinkedIn and I don't know why. I think it's because I, I go in cycles, I think. Okay. Yeah, I go yeah. in cycles, right? I wake up. I For a long time, LinkedIn was my first stop. It was right. come okay. on, see what's going on. Start your day. And then I then I moved off. Now it's just it's 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 getting ready for spring. So now I'm watching mm. fishing videos of all things to make it, you know, like what am I gonna be doing next week? Like sure. that yeah. type of stuff. And I'll go back, I'll go back, but for now I'm a lurker. Yeah. 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 I'm watching you. I go like ahead. that. You. Yeah. You'll have to check me out. I've definitely I'm I'm trying to lean into LinkedIn. I'm trying to like not you know, I, I'm trying to be a contributor and, and right. almost like an encouragement yeah. to others. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have it all figured out, but let's, let's try a couple of things and I'm going to throw stuff out there and see how that resonates with folks. And if it's encouraging oh, cool. to them or not, um, I started doing YouTube shorts. I don't know if yeah, you guys yeah. have done anything yeah. with that, but, um, started doing those as well. And like a blog article just to see, yeah, see what's interesting to individuals and, you know, maybe it lands and maybe it doesn't, but I just feel like being a, a contributor in the conversation. I love not it. to put on this on you, Ryan, if you're not contributing, because that's okay too. <laughs> I'm going to start contributing today. Okay. Just I'll based on that. Out there today. Yeah. And okay. I, feel, I feel, I feel like two things just happened here. HR just <laughs> completely let me go. 
And I'm being judged. But it's all good. It's right. All good. Um, right. Could you balance. come to the office just? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had one of those or twice, once or twice. No. What, uh, what are you thinking about today, right? What is, what's on your mind today? Are you, that what's keeping you up at night? On? Yeah. What's, what's, keeping, what's keeping you up at night? What's keeping me up at night? Um, or, or during the day, if you're night that's out. That's true. Good point. Good point. Right. That's keeping me awake during the day. Um, I guess I would say for, for where I'm at in my role, kind of in my career path, it's really about being able to find enough time to genuinely connect with our employees. Um, because I think like the HR space and, you know, you guys talk to other practitioners, it's, I mean, this is probably true in a lot of different positions, but certainly in ours, it's totally changed over the last 20 years. And, um, what's being asked of HR professionals is it's just greater than it's ever been. And, and it's part of the reason I'm passionate about the technology piece is I just, I feel like um, I want to make sure that I'm not forgetting what I'm here to do, which is support our employees. Like if I don't know all of our employees, I mean, and it's manageable now because I have 125 employees at Navient, but I need to be connecting with them and, and finding out what their desires are. Why are they here? Um, you know, what gets them excited? What keeps them up at night? And help to identify, you know, strategic initiatives to to do more of that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a development initiative. It could be a, you know, we need to be connecting more. Like one of the initiatives that we're working on right now is um, we're all virtual. So 125 of us across the nation, all virtual, which oh, is its cool. own unique experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure were you, were you always virtual or was that a we weren't thing? no we went virtual during the pandemic we did wow. have a few virtual employees prior to that but right. basically everybody was in kind of that southern wisconsin area we had right. like all went to the office and we learned about that piece hugely during the pandemic and then made a decision to stay remote so one of the initiatives we're working on now is uh, networking, like a networking technology where right. you kind of all get plugged into a networking mm-hmm. platform and it rotates you around. It gives you opportunity to do things that you would do in the break room in a right. in-person environment. You'd run into somebody from a different department that you otherwise probably don't work with um, when you're going to get coffee. So um, I would say that people, um, part of it is is huge for me. Okay. Similar, but... Do you got another one, right? No, no, go, go for it. Go for it. Similar but different through the 15 years and then the, the experience you had before, what's the hardest part of HR? You know, the HR is a whole tapestry of things, right? So the hardest thing for you to kind of get your your hands around, uh, compensation, performance, and, mm-hmm. you know, go around the wheel, global payroll, whatever the bit is, like what's the hardest thing that you've been confronted with in HR? Um, yeah, I I mean, compensation is always a challenge because, you know, we always say like we do an employee engagement survey where, Mm -hmm. you know, we're surveying employees every week. We ask them a question just from an engagement perspective. And even as we look at the benchmarking data, we know that comp and benefits is going to be one that will score the most challenging. Just we all want to make more money, right? We all want to have, I mean, wouldn't it be great to have free benefits, um, so I think that that's certainly from uh, my own growth and understanding has been, you know, that's been a big one. That in compliance, like compliance is so big 
in HR as far as, you know, we hold some of the most sensitive data um, in the organization and being able to be the owners of that and handle it correctly. Um, You know, when we start getting into state and federal um, contract status, some of those pieces have been challenging. I would say like so far in my career, probably the pandemic was the biggest challenge as far as helping to navigate um, that from a support of the business as well as the support of our employees perspective, just hands down. I remember actually I was in a round table um, and we were an in-person round table. And I remember going there like maybe halfway through the pandemic and just a rounded table of other HR professionals. And you could just, everyone was so drained and just depleted Mm -hmm. of kind of everything they had. There was a bunch of discussion about like, can I stay in HR? That was such a challenging time for HR professionals. I think we're getting re-energized now. Yeah. So let me talk about compensation. You you mentioned comp as obviously one of the the, the big the big factors. Does compensation are you finding compensation always has to be salary? Or can it be other things? Can it be a parking spot? A, you know, mm-hmm. a prime parking spot or can there be other privileges that people are getting that they consider compensation and they're happy with that? Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of that total rewards piece, just like mm-hmm. what is yeah. the total, I guess total reward of, you know, the the position that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think some employees, it depends on the employee. It's kind of all over the place. I think some employees absolutely see that they see what is the employer paying towards my health insurance and other benefits? And what do I get for um, reimbursement for home office expenses or those types of benefits that they, and, and, you know, as employers, like we absolutely show those costs to the employees. So they're um, aware of that, but some people don't care about that. You know, they're just like, yeah, I mean, that's as an employer, that's something that you should be providing me. So I'm not even considering that. that (laughs) Have you? You're the latter. I I, I don't know. I I feel like I always have been like, I want 100%. 100%. I I appreciate it because once you have to pay for it. Yeah. Big difference, right? It's not the same. I get that. But in the moment, yeah, I've always felt like, yeah, like pay me more money then. See, I think it's, I think it's HR and comp and all the people in total rewards, we want to then say, here's your total reward statement. Here's all the things that you get, right? And here's how it all makes sense. Uh, My gut tells me, and I have no uh, empirical data to support this whatsoever, but I think most people are like, yeah, I don't care. I just, what am I being paid? What's What's my take home? Yeah. And yeah. that's it. If you're paying my insurance or not paying my insurance or paying for, you know, whatever the bid is that we, I think, go through painstaking, you know, process every mm-hmm. year to then think of the benefits package and think of all the things that we could add that people want, et cetera. Yeah. I, I think they look at it like Ryan's su- suggesting. I think they look at it and go, yeah, that's, and but, that's, that's, that's what you should be doing. I, I right. what, What's my salary? <laughs> I I have changed over the years, though, because as I think this is it. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in my 20s and even 30s, it's like, no, I want I want cash. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. Healthcare for five is like three grand a month. Oh, right. 
right. we got we got Fair. tuitions coming. We've got this coming. You got Fair. tuition yeah. benefits. You've got healthcare coverage. You've got this yeah. covers that covers. You're paying for a home office. You're paying for six hundred dollars a month in phones and internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That adds up. Now I see that. So like in, mm -hmm. in today's age for me, yeah, I still want cash. <laughs> right, right. But I, I think it is that evolution. I think it is that evolution of, you know, you work for an employer and then you no. make a change and maybe it is for a base compensation perspective that you make the change, but then right. you start to identify some of those other things that those are also going to affect your take home pay, dependent on the benefits yes. that they're offering. So I think yeah. as you get more experiences with different scenarios, it changes your appreciation and you're right like growing families and things like that certainly i mean people yeah. will select an employer based on their benefit offerings 100 yeah well and mm -hmm. it, it's it's i think the companies the, the company sets the culture or the people mm -hmm. but it, i think that also determines who works there yeah if you want top level pay then don't yeah. go to a company that says we value benefits and this and right. this and mm -hmm. this right. over top top pay. Your compensation works out the same, right? But if you can't see it this way and be part of a culture that supports this and wants to do this, yeah, then you're in the wrong place anyway. See, right. I think it comes down to parenting. So this is going to be completely offend most of the oh, audience. God. But oh, no. if you, if you have, is there a mute button here? Hang on. Right. Should. If he starts with that, that we know we're getting into trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, think of it like this. Okay, okay. So you've taken care of all your kids expenses for their entire life. They don't have a bank account. They've never worked a job, etc. I'm talking about my kids. <laughs> So they go out, they go off They're to college and, uh, and, and again, everything's taken care of for them, et cetera. They've never really had to work or worry about money, et cetera. They get out. I think they just expect all that stuff to happen because that's always, that's been their mm. expectation. Mm. Whereas parents that grow up with, they get a, their kid a bank account at 15 and they work a job and they understand the cost of gas and things like that. Like they, and they, you know, maybe pay for their own college or pay for some of the parts of it, et cetera. They're yeah. paying for their own phone. Like they're more fiscally um, or financially literate. Then I think they care, like to Ryan's point, I don't know if it's just about age. I think it's those built on experiences of like, they know mm -hmm. the value of money. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so they value not only the salary, but all of those other things. Right. So, so I'm blaming the parents. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, that be. actually came off really well. I, that was you well got to set the expectation. <laughs> yeah, I totally, right. totally respected to like and, lose and, my family and, here. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> so yeah. uh, AI is, in your mind, is it overhyped, adequately hyped, or underhyped? AI and HR. AI and HR, yeah. I think it's adequately hyped. Okay. Um, I think there's like right now, and this is part of kind of like the message that that I like to share, and I definitely don't have this whole technology piece figured out. Um, but I think there's a lot of cool capabilities as it relates to the technologies that are available to HR professionals. And again, like, I don't even know what they all are. We're definitely leaning into it, um, you know, as much as possible. But 
yeah, I think there's a ton more to come. I think it's appropriately hyped. I think we're a little nervous about it as HR professionals in general are kind of nervous about technology and like even just the right way to apply it or even the right way to start um, yeah. start it. So I would say that, yeah, definitely not under hyped. Yeah. So I want to bring it back to you for a moment. Um, okay. okay. So you've got a, yeah, full circle. You've got a full journey, here, right? You've been yeah. there for 15 years. You were the EA. You went all the way up to where you are now. Yeah. There's, there's going to be people that are listening or watching this episode here that mm -hmm. are in the position where you were. 15 years ago, and they might mm -hmm. feel like it's a dead end position or they don't know what to do next. How, what, what was your journey for, to give them some insight into your journey there and what they need yeah. to think about to move forward. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely part of it is aligning yourself with an organization that um, like is a great match to just who you are, you know, like as an example, I, you know, Navian is a growth orient, a growth oriented company. Um, I've always reported to our CEO. He's had a phenomenal belief in me since the very beginning. Um, he's just a phenomenal human being. And so I think aligning yourself with a really great leader is important. Um, and aligning yourself with an organization that you believe um, matches your values and because yeah HR you're definitely going to run into some challenges throughout your journey um, but being able to really believe in in what you're doing and it doesn't mean you have to work for a company that's necessarily like saving lives um, but being able to believe in, in what you're doing and supporting an organization that you think is doing really great things for the people that work there um, if people are feeling trapped or like that's not an opportunity i i would say you know look at who you work for both from a company and just leadership perspective who are your peers i have yeah. amazing peers that i work um, alongside with and actually quite a few of them that we've grown through this journey together and it's you know those people have been great supports to me um and i think i attribute some of my success to that as well so I think it's definitely that alignment piece for sure. So if I were to look at your technology stack, all the different things that you have access to, the tools that you use from payroll to whatever. Yeah. And I were to say, you got to get rid of everything but one. What's the one thing you keep? Yeah, I like that. She, she's um, hesitating because her budget depends on this answer. <laughs> like, oh, what are they going to make me eliminate? <laughs> you eliminate it all. We're not saying they gave us these questions to ask you. No, no. But... Right. Did my car call you? <laughs> um, for me, it's definitely the process automation technology. So we're utilizing a technology, and this is the space that Navient works in, but it's called mm -hmm. OnBase. And so mm -hmm. the way that that technology, it's an enterprise technology, but we're utilizing it in HR to do all the manual things that HR professionals historically did. And we utilize that in so many areas of our HR space from like onboarding to performance management to um, development to offboarding individuals, all of our file cabinets, our document management. That's the technology that allows me to spend more time with employees. And I think that's why I'm like most passionate about that. 
thumbs you, up. You got the thumbs up from from William. That's yeah. That's a, that's a winner. So if you if you had to look back, this is this is more I think about what's in in, in your journey in your in your head. If you yeah. had to look back, what's that one pivotal moment where you were just like, "Dang, I did the right thing. I'm in the right space," and it kind of refueled you or fueled you to to go mm-hmm. forward to where you are. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm ever feeling like that, you know, and then you kind of figure out that there's so much more to go. Um, I would say it's probably happened now in the last several years, um, like literally the last two or three years. I think I've been just on this journey and evolution, but Mm -hmm. I think feeling really solid about who I am and the contribution that I can make to the organization and the people that I serve at Navient um, and even my ability, and I don't know how you, you guys feel about this for yourselves, but my ability to have my voice be important in the whole collective, all of our voices and feeling a confidence about that. Um, I feel like that's really in the last two or three years, I've felt much more solid about that and just solid about my space and where I'm going next with this. Favorite book or book that you're reading hmm. right now? Yeah, I'm not a huge book person. I was just saying, you're assuming she's assuming you're reading a book. This is like my library of all the books I've ever read. No, I do have a favorite. (laughs) Exactly. Um, No, this wood paneling. This is pure northern Wisconsin here. If somebody Um, asked me that question, I would vomit. I'd be like, (gasps) books. Ah, let me read. I'd freeze. I'd, I'd do the Zoom freeze. (laughs) we've lost you here Um, for people who aren't watching the video of this you'll be like (laughs) right it's gonna sound a little funny mine's um crucial conversations that book i think is i i love that book that's a people book about that people can use personally and professionally to and it kind of is that hones in on taking stock of who i am what are my benefits? What are the things that um, may be more challenges as I interact with the world? And then it tells you almost like kind of how to go interact with the world. Because like, if you even look at my environment, right, I work in tech. And so a ton of the people that I work with, they're way more technical than I am. They're also probably way more introverted in a very general sense. And so how am I going to interact with those Um, folks in a really meaningful way. So I feel like Crucial Conversations is a cool book about just how we all talk to each other, even when the conversation is challenging, because as you can imagine, not all HR conversations are easy. Um, But I want to do those again, I keep saying genuine, but I want to do those in a really genuine way. And I feel like that book is an awesome guide to do that. If you like that conversation, there's a, a book that came out about uh, 15 years ago called Fierce Conversations. Ooh, writing and, it down. Yeah, it's in, and that's the hard discussions. So how do you yeah. have the, the, the gumption to have, you know, we're about to do, uh, we're about to go and have a, you know, sor- sexual harassment claim has been uh, made. We're about to do an investigation and mm-hmm. all that entails. Now, now you've got to have some very candid discussions sure. with people. Not easy, 
I mean, yeah. none of that's easy. There's there's mm-hmm. an aspect with in HR. The moment you get contacted, the moment that you're turned on, that okay, there's been a sexual harassment claim. Everything mm-hmm. becomes difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what, no matter even if after an investigation you find out that there wasn't anything to it or whatever, it's still emotionally the toll uh, is extremely high. So you'd love fierce uh, conversations. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I just put both in my Amazon cart as we're Ooh, here. So I put okay. both. You got to you got to actually read them. So <laughs> you can't just put them on the bookshelf. See, that's the bit. I don't believe anybody's bookshelf. <laughs> so, step one, I put it in the cart. There's only one copy okay. left of Crucial Conversations. Yeah, really? Put, put wow. the lotion in the basket. Yeah, I, I may not. You, gotta actually, you actually got to read the book. You know what I'm saying? For an audio version first, and I'll let you know how that happened. And That's valid. Done. Now, Field now Conversations has free return, so I could read it a little bit. 100%. And send it back. Yeah, yeah, send yeah. it back. Get my money back. So, with that. Are you uh, are you a buyer or seller of some online influencers in the sense of do you get something from some of these people, you know? And I and I'm thinking of people on Twitter and people on LinkedIn, etc. Um, and some of them are loud. There's a lot of noise. Some of it's substantive, mm-hmm. etc. But really, from a practitioner's perspective, is there is there any juice there for you? Yeah, just as far as like specific, I don't know, like specific people necessarily that. Yeah like come to mind for me. But um, yeah, I, I, even in the HR space, I don't even feel like I see anyone too loud, like in that space, just in probably it's the nature of the type of people that are gravitate towards HR. It's usually ex HR. They worked in HR and now they're, they're free to then be able to say all the things that they would have said. Right. Could. Yeah. Right. Even like I saw your tagline or like one of your taglines, like I will say the things that other people will not say. It's like, whoo, that's hard in HR. I don't know. He doesn't say anything. He's a pussycat. Yeah. He's he big bark. All bark. All bark. Is he all bark? Yeah. Yeah. Don't loosen the lug nuts on your tires if if you push them. She she just Trisha just doesn't really want to say it. She does follow me on LinkedIn. She's HR. She follows me on LinkedIn. She's a lurker. She yeah. there. <laughs> but she contributes as well. That's exactly uh, right. I love that. Right. I love that. Yeah. Point taken. Yeah. Point taken. Yeah. Yeah. That was a no, pretty I think cool contributors. I mean, I think definitely there's cool messaging out in yeah. the, you know, the HR practitioner space. Um, I, I would say it's a lot around people. Like a, it is yeah. a lot around mm. how are we supporting people? And, you know, you hear much more about, you know, the mental health space and, and how are employees yeah. doing? You hear a lot about that kind of checking in with employees and things like that, especially with remote employees, because right. you don't walk by them every day and see them. So, right. um, yeah, I love the messaging out right now. And I'm actually kind of proud of HR professionals for leaning into that. That's not going to be really natural for us to be promoters of a certain message or right. being out on LinkedIn. You can see that with sales or marketing. That's going to come really natural. But so I'm kind of proud of HR people for putting ourselves out there and starting to connect in that way. Yeah. So, so are you, Ryan and I have been in the, in the, probably the last 10, 15 years, we've done a lot of webinars, produced a lot of webinars. Oh yeah. And I'm always curious. We both also go to a lot of conferences. Mm-hmm. So a lot of HR conferences, speak at a lot of HR conferences, et cetera. So I want to kind of get your Motley Fool approach to buy or sell. 
Mm-hmm. You know, are you a buyer of conferences? Are you a seller of conferences? Are you a buyer of webinars? Are you a seller of webinars? Yeah. What's your, what's your and then all HR related, of course, but what's of your course. take on those things? Yeah. Um, I mean, can I be both or is that just like too easy of an answer? Uh, let's say, yeah. Is it easy? Too, way too easy. Come on. How many webinars did you, okay, we'll separate this. How many webinars did you register for last year mm-hmm. and how many did you actually attend? Well, because now they're giving you the option, though, like if you can't attend, you'll get a, re- you know, you'll get the copy of the recording. 100%. Does that count? But did, but did you actually go back and watch the recording? Yes, I I am I'm an absorber of information okay, okay. both in conferences and webinars. I do okay. more than reading. So like, because I, I kind of want to hear from yeah. a human perspective, like speak yeah, to yeah, me yeah. about yeah, yeah. what you're doing. And so, um, I would say I'm a buyer. Like over the last you know five ten years, like I'm a buyer of that information. I'm becoming more of a seller over the last two years. So. Right you know, kind of identified, you know, yeah. that there is something cool that's happening over here, both with my journey, as well as the company that I work for. And I want to speak to other HR professionals, because I've found when I do network, they want more of that, like, tell me more of the cool things that you're doing. Um, and so why not go to a conference? Or why not have a webinar to talk about that? On On, on the conference front, so you mentioned conferences a couple of times and getting together. It's HR people a couple of times. Yeah. What, what do conferences need? What do they need to change? We, we go to a lot and mm-hmm. we generally see the expo hall, right? That's where we spend our time. Mm-hmm. But what do they need to really enhance the experience for the HR practitioners that are there? Is it just a networking lounge? Is it just a party? Like, what is it? What, what needs to happen? Well, and just to just – you have to go to the conference. What makes you, what's everything that okay. Ryan just said? Yeah. What, you got to go. You got to yeah. go. Doesn't matter what's what year. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Why? Do, you mm-hmm. have to go to this conference. It's the entertainment. What is that? It's the entertainment. <laughs> Flow it's rider. The evening Flow activity. rider. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it's, for me, it's definitely the content. So, you know, so many of the HR conferences have, and, and it's good too, but they have kind of the core information. Mm-hmm. So comp right. and benefits and yeah. um, employee engagement or employee experience or recruitment or kind of those key areas. But when I see a conference that has really cool, innovative ideas, it's definitely got to incorporate things around tech because I think that's such a game changer in our space. But it's also just revolutionary ideas about what other organizations are doing. So from a content perspective, that's probably what's getting me to the the conference and excited about that. It's also, I feel like I love panels because I want to hear it from a bunch of different mm. um, experiences. Like HR in manufacturing is totally different than HR yeah. in tech. We're doing some of this, some similar things, but our experiences and what mm. we do day to day is vastly different and so from a panel perspective it's like i want to hear how different industries are solving the same challenges so i would you know versus one see panels see panels for me sorry to interrupt trisha the panels for me come down to the moderator if Mm. you have a wonderful moderator that can just gonna say that you know that that bit the other thing is um I tend to not do well on panels as I'm, I'm on panels. 
because it, it finally gets around to me. And then I just shatter everything that everyone else has said. Nice. And so, like you play. crush it, like you do yeah. way better than they yes. did. Totally. So if I, so if I start, like if <laughs> if Bobby goes, hey William, you know, for your first, why don't you tell us a little bit about? I will set the bar so mm. high that the other two or three people that are on the panel are like. I'm just going to sit here for a little while and take questions. This is the confidence that yes. I'm talking that, about that, that we grow into. Oh, no, no, this is just the reality. It's really good. I <laughs> yeah. love that. So, again, if you have a great moderator, even yeah. in that scenario, they'll say, William, we've heard enough from you. Janet, tell us a little bit more. And they'll tease out Janet's story, which mm -hmm. is actually great. It's a great story. I just. Right. I cast a, a big yeah, shadow. Yeah, I, I was, was going to say the same thing on, on – for I love panels. I love panels with people that are in – not necessarily in, in the grind. I want to I hear from the leaders of real yeah. – maybe not – they don't have to be giant organizations, but organizations yeah. where they have real challenges that they have got to – excuse me, they've got to fix. But the moderator for me is key. The moderator is key, and I yeah. don't want a moderator who's just going to ask questions. I want a moderator who's not afraid to call them out on stage and say, yeah. I don't agree with you, and yeah. actually yeah. engage wow. in that conversation. 100%. That not makes bad. it – it's a show for me. I, I go for the entertainment piece but of the it. The moderator can't talk too much. Can't talk mm. too you know, much. No. Right. No. We're not here hey, to that, hear that. There are wayfinding wayfinding thing. No, but I, I like to make it uncomfortable. 100%. 100%. Earlier you said, da, 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 or you wrote two years ago about this. Like, I like that. Yeah. I knew you were going to say this, William. And so let me just tell you. Just the way I've gained this is, is I don't, I don't, I'm not on panels anymore. Okay. Even when people ask me to be on panels, I just won't do it. Yeah. I won't even moderate. Ryan's seen me speak occasionally. I like getting on stage and doing performance art. Yeah. And just having fun throwing out something new, whether or not it works or doesn't, it's more Andy Kaufman. I don't care. I'm yeah. doing a bit. I might not yeah. ever do that bit again. And mm -hmm. uh, all right, last thing I do have to ask you. Okay. Ryan will probably have something else, but I have to ask you an idea over the last 15 years that you came up with that you thought, okay, game changer. This is it. This is the thing, whatever, whatever the little thing is, you rolled it out and it completely failed. Oh, wow. That's kind of a complex question. It's not like started off with that have question. a second. Like I'm thinking about, I just got off of a couple of interviews this morning and it's like, they better not ask me anything complex like that. And that this is that question. What have I totally rolled out? I thought again, it was going to be amazing again. and it failed. That's yeah, yeah. But I mean, with the best intentions, right? We have an okay. idea. Ryan and I do this bit all the time where we're like, all right, we're going to do this bit. Here it is. Yeah. Go. We put it yep. out there and like, okay, two people cared about it. Okay. Yeah. That was a failure. <laughs> so <laughs> two people were us. <laughs> exactly. We both liked it. My mom. Maybe my mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's it. That's it. So what did you yeah. roll out? And, and again, this could be a long time ago. Okay. What'd you roll out? And you're like, okay, this is it. Like you just go, you're excited. You've communicated. And then all of a sudden it just, you know, doesn't work. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that like really appropriate pregnant pause that people will do in interviews. Like, that's a wonderful <laughs> question. Let me just think about that. I mean, the only thing that's really coming to mind, I'm sure there are a million examples of that because <laughs> you've blocked out <laughs> totally. And I'm like, but I think it is with leading into the social media space and like the LinkedIn right. space. And I've, I'm kind of learning that too, you know, like 
there's definitely pieces that I've put out that it's like, you know, a couple people like it, or I don't know, maybe nobody likes it. And just having to kind of sit in that, like, okayness with that and still be a contributor and still right. like develop new content. And, and I hear that from other folks as well. And that's been part of my inspiration is like, not everybody's going to love everything that you do. Just, you know, keep being you and, and let that grow. So that's, I guess that's more of a mo more recent example that I haven't blocked out yet. <laughs> Ryan, are we, are we good? I think we're good. Trisha, right. this has been amazing. Thank you so much for you, coming on and sharing some of your background with us. I know it's going to help yeah. a lot of people. If you're all still watching, you're still listening. Fantastic. Thank you. For that, number one, make sure you subscribe, like, do all that stuff. Make sure you connect with us everywhere. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming out.